On today's show, we got a, eight games in the association. The top of the East squaring off with the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. A massive game. We'll talk about that. And we'll break down all the rest of the games in our favorite segment every week. Count it up. We'll talk about that and explain why the Suns are not being looked at as one of the best teams in NBA history and a title favorite. We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. And thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On NBA is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show, see everything else we have to offer for you. We even have a playlist called Locked on NBA everywhere that I update that's down there somewhere if you're on this page. And I put the best videos from across the NBA channel. Some from Locked on Mavs, which is the channel that I run. Some from Locked on Bulls, which is the channel that Big Dave runs. Big Dave joining me as always on a Thursday. Big Dave from Locked on Bulls. What you got for me, Big Dave? Hello, Nicholas. How are you? How's life? Doing well. Uh, We've been discussing uh, root juice. (laughs) <laughs> and talking about things like that. So, yeah, discarding root beer as <laughs> not a our, juice. That was what our pregame, pregame meeting yeah. was about. It was about root juice. Somebody <laughs> yeah. at Whole Foods thought that you asked for root beer and thought it was root juice. Yeah. I said, hey, at Whole Foods, yeah. anything goes in that sense. Boy, <laughs> All right, eight games in the association. The first one, the Miami Heat mm. go out to a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter against the Milwaukee Bucks. Miami was number one in the East. Milwaukee was number four in the East going into this game. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks just kind of turned it around at that point. Milwaukee or Miami had made 21 threes in the game. It just seemed like they were dominating that point. It looked like they were going to coast to a lead in the fourth quarter. And then mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, the Bucks just seemed to take over. And honestly, there's a couple reasons why, but a couple of things that came down to four minutes and 30 seconds left. Miami got forced into a shot clock violation. I felt like that was the turning point of the game. Drew holiday turns around in the other end and hits a jumper. Miami calls a timeout. Then uh, Milwaukee cuts the lead to two with a minute left. Bam hits a jumper on the other end. Giannis misses the rim with a layup on the other end after that one. And then Middleton hits a dagger three to give them the, uh, a one point disadvantage that point. And then Miami with 10 seconds left. All they got to do is inbound the ball. Just inbound the ball. They have to call a timeout, which is always a bad sign if you can't inbound the ball, at least in my Mm -hmm. opinion. They call the timeout. And then in the inbound, Giannis forces a jump ball with Jimmy Butler, like an all-time worst-case scenario in this this situation for Miami. And then uh, Holiday... And then, uh, they, you know, the forced jump ball, Giannis gets the jump ball, they score, and then my- Milwaukee ends up getting this win. Uh, yeah. Wow. Two of the top East and the, the powers in the top of the East. Uh, which of these teams do you think is better? Did, did we learn this after this game that, we, that, my, that Milwaukee is still better than Miami? I think that was my thought going in, and that's still my thought coming out. And, yeah, like, until you – maybe I'm old school like that. You have to dethrone the champs you know, to tell, to tell everybody that you're number one. So you have to beat the champs. That's just the case it has to be. And look at how the Bucks did it, though. They did it in a very unconventional way because, they, like you said, they were not playing well. Their best player, Giannis, even though he had 28-17 and 5, which is wild to say that's an off game for him. But, you know, 9 of 20 shooting, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was a really tough game. They played really solidly against him, and he was just off. And I love the way 
I love, love, love the way that the Heat were shooting the basketball against that team. But what mm-hmm. it came down to, man, is I'm telling you, the Achilles heel of that Heat team is that the defense of the other team, the perimeter defense that can be provided on those guards. If you can lock up those guards and play defense on them like Middleton was, like Drew Holiday was, you have a really good chance of winning. Even though they're shooting their threes and scoring, when it was coming to going on down the stretch, that defense, man, is what took over. Drew Holiday took Jimmy Butler out of this game at the end. Jimmy Butler played yeah. six and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. He took one shot. One. One, <laughs> one shot. shot. You got four That's shots from Gabe point. Vincent, four shots from, from Bam Adebayo, five shots from Tyler Hero. He actually hit three of those. Uh, but yes. you'll take that if you're if you're Milwaukee. You'll say, hey, go ahead. Tyler Hero, try to beat us. We'd rather have you know that than Jimmy Butler beat us because we've seen what Jimmy Butler can do in the past. You know, Two years right. ago, they beat him in the playoffs. And uh, they would rather have that. They had a couple of big mistakes from from Miami down the stretch, too. Tyler Hero, he made three of his shots in the fourth quarter. He also had three turnovers, and a couple of them were really, really bad uh, that really uh, forced him into a bad situation. Um, Bam Adebayo had four points and five boards in in the fourth quarter, but he also fouled four times, and that's just Giannis, man. That's just Giannis being Giannis and actually and scoring 14 points of his own in the fourth quarter. Uh, it came up to that. Like Giannis, you mentioned, ha- didn't have a great game. He only took four shots in the first half. <laughs> took four, took four shots uh, in the first half, and he was a pl- he was positive, and the rest of his team seemed to be negative. It felt like anytime Giannis would go into this game, he would be great, and then the Miami bench would come in, and Giannis would go out of the game, and then Miami would build up a lead again. It just felt like they were going back and forth, back and forth with that. Um, you know, Milwaukee, I felt like their players on offense were doing a little bit too much stuff out of their skills. Like, I don't need Bobby Portis taking six threes. I don't need him taking turnaround jumpers. Like, he'll make every once in a while, but I don't need Bobby Portis taking turnaround jumpers. I don't need, you know, Wes Matthews trying for layups and you know, dry, driving and things like that. Like, we just don't need that. I've seen that enough in my life covering the maps. Um, oh, man. That's but this, but- this, was, this was, like you said, this was, you know, a team can control this Miami team if you can control the perimeter. And yeah. w- between Giannis and Drew Holiday, Middleton, and then they throw like Wes Matthews or somebody else out there, you can do that against this team. Yeah, man, they'll they'll struggle against you know stuff like that. And, and first of all, Bobby Portis is a really solid three point shooter. Now I can't give you the disrespect of a man, Bobby Portis. I mean, he's, he's a really he, good. He player. took a couple contested threes, and I'm like, all right. I mean, okay, fair enough. Like, he sh- he can't do that. And then it's <laughs> just the, it's the turnaround jumpers for me that are like, okay, okay. you yeah, can take I, a wide I, open jumper, Bob's, but I don't. Yeah, no, notice I said nothing about the turnaround jumpers. <laughs> I was just talking <laughs> about the three pointers. Yeah, absolutely right on that. But yeah, that defense is what's key, and Jimmy Butler. And what they did to him, because he finished with six points. Two of 14 shooting is what Jimmy Butler went down with right there. They have, that, that's, that's called clamping. <laughs> that's called locking down right there, what they did to him. And what really was surprising, like you mentioned, that inbounds play, was I thought that, was, that foul was going to be called. I'm so used to Jimmy Butler getting those calls. Yeah, You know, he, he really, get, really gets those calls. He really draws the fouls, like, really seriously. And the fact he didn't get that call against Giannis, it was really surprising. And then they get the ball, they go down, and you watch Drew Holiday tell, you know what I'm saying, Vincent to get up out of here, you know, with the forearm stripper. <laughs> and then he scores the bucket. So those were that was like championship inv- champs advantage, I guess, uh, when it comes to that and not getting those calls. And Giannis getting the advantage on that instead of instead of Jimmy Butler, right? right He's now right, getting exactly. the benefit of the doubt. And it just felt like Giannis was a difference maker. I mean, obviously, we know he's a difference maker, MVP, all that. But it just felt like when Giannis was in the game, the the Heat didn't really have a, a good enough uh, response. Now, Heat were without Kyle Lowry. Bucks are still without Brooke Lopez. I kind of think that evens out for both teams at this point. 
I'll completely agree, man. You know, Miami's been hurt pretty much all season, but they've just gotten it together, and Victor Oladipo should be back soon, too. So they're going to be even more formidable, but Bucks are My- still the Bucks, man. Miami is still number one in the NBA. They're only a game and a half up from some team in Chicago, and then you have Great. the Bucks three games back from number one. They're four, so it's still anybody's game in that top four, and even stretched out to the Celtics and Cavs that are only four and a half back. Yeah. I mean, that's not ridiculous yeah. that they could come not up for that. that number one seed. So that's the top of the East. And then another team in the top of the East, you have the Philadelphia 76ers getting a win against the New York Knicks. Another one. How many times do they, have, do they get to play the New York Knicks? The Knicks are just absolutely reeling. Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, uh, Alex Wolf, our Locked On Knicks host. His Locked On Now is just, I mean, it's just him sighing deeply <laughs> for almost the entire time. Just like, oh, here we are again. Yep. Uh, the Knicks have lost 16 of their last 19 games. This I don't think a, that's good, Nick. No, I, I would say that that's not. This is, wasn't this team fourth in the East last year. It, it's bad. Uh, but looking over at the looking over at the Sixers side, Sixers get to win 123 to 108. Another you know big win for them. Now with Harden, they're three and zero. They've had wins 31 point win against Minnesota, a 16 point win against the Knicks, and a 15 point win against the Knicks. Wow. Um, James Harden seems to be making a difference. The Knicks also, they had a 15 point lead in the first half and they just completely blew it in the third quarter. It was Maxie and Joel Embiid that took over. Uh, Joel Embiid leading the NBA in scoring right now. Do you know the last player in the Eastern Conference to, this is, a, this is an early, early, the last player in the Eastern Conference to lead the NBA in scoring? Okay. The last is, player in the Eastern who? Conference to lead the NBA in scoring. It better not be LeBron James. Or I'm gonna it was not LeBron upset. James, no. Okay, I was going to be upset. Oh, I think man. LeBron was in the East this t- last time this happened, though. Kevin Durant? It was not Kevin Durant. <laughs> All right. Uh, Here, this is, this is Joe Noah. This is taking Joe <laughs> <laughs> Carmelo Anthony with the Knicks in 2012, wow. 2013 was the last time a player in the East Right now, Embiid is leading the way at 29.8 points. Giannis is number two with 29.3, and then LeBron is 28.9. So uh, Embiid is almost one point a game higher than LeBron right now, and I think he's going to keep that. <laughs> I, don't think he, I don't think LeBron's going to catch him unless he goes on a heater right now. So Joel Embiid leading the league, him and Harden. Uh, where do you think these two guys land in the, the top of the East right now? Because they're only two games back from number one. Yeah, man, it looks like they're going to finish probably in that top two. You know what I mean? It just feels like that way, you know, for that team. And also what's really impressed me about that team is the emergence of Maxi. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Just how much he's really fit into place and he knows his role now. And James Harden has done a great job at giving him confidence. Because I remember that game where Harden was just grilling him and coaching him. He ended up with 42 points. <laughs> like he was having a heck of a <laughs> game, man. But he, he's been on cloud nine since James Harden has been here. He's, he's really unlocked something for him. And he's been able to see certain things a little differently. So they now have a nice three. It's not just the two there anymore. It's a nice three. And then you throw Harris in there with it. That team is serious. Maxi beat. Yeah. Maxi being the third. And then Tobias Harris being the fourth. is like a pretty good hierarchy for your offense. And for this team, they're, they're going places and we'll be following them for all the rest of the year coming up. We got a game. We play every single week. It's we're going to count up the most fun things in the NBA. Are the Utah Jazz more likely to move up in the standings, move down in the standings? Um, is the Sacramento Kings season completely over already at this point? We got that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.net. Uh, Football is over now. It's been over. We're done with it. 
NBA. It's NBA times now. Everybody, I'm ho- I'm hoping that some of you guys are here listening because you're like, I'm done with the NFL. I'm here for the NBA. We're here for the NBA all year round. For the latest odds, totals, player props, and everything, go to betonline.net. the number one spot for all your betting needs. You can even look up um, some lines. They got some future lines. This one was interesting I found a little bit earlier. Was um, was the, the championship odds for the Western Conference versus the Eastern Conference. Uh, the odds that the champion will come out of the West versus come out of the East. West was the favorite at minus 145. And the East wow. was the underdog at one, uh, plus 115. I'm not sure. The, I'm not. I think that's just Suns, right? Like that's literally sure. just the Suns getting a little bit of credit here that they're gonna come. That they're gonna come out of the West. The Warriors a little bit, I think, but they've been kind of reeling lately. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested in that and you want uh, daily props and odds and things like that, go check out Bet Online. Head to their website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Mm. All right, Big Dave. Let's get into. The rest of these games in the association. And we're going to do it playing one of our favorite games. We're doing it early today because it's a special episode. So we're going to play one of our favorite games. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. Count it up, where we count out the most fun things in the NBA, the fun things that we saw tonight in the association. The Indiana Pacers get a win against the Orlando Magic in actually a fun like a fun game for this team. Um, Orlando goes up by 18 points late in the third quarter, but as young teams do, they blew that lead, and in the fourth quarter, they went to overtime, and they lost in overtime. They got outscored in the fourth quarter in overtime, 46-23 to by the Indiana Pacers. Oh. Malcolm Brogdon, this is his third, third or fourth game back, and he looked absolutely awesome. He just looked like a different level of player than anybody else on this team. So count it up. Count it up. The chances now we've seen, we've seen Brogdon and Halberton play together for a couple of three games now, mm-hmm. and they're looking pretty good together. They are. They're looking, they had, you know, Brogdon had 31 points, 11 boards, eight assists tonight. Tyrese Halliburton had 21 points and six assists. We've seen Halliburton have some really, really good games. They're both like bigger guards that can, yeah. um, you can shoot and pass and score on their own and all that kind of, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. This was this was this is a you special. Count it up. Count it up. Chances that this could be a top five backcourt in the East. Mm-hmm. Yes, how crazy? Me. How crazy is it? Let's start looking at some of the, the the best backcourts in the East, and it has to be two. It has to be a tandem, and it's not yeah. a guard and a wing. It's literally just two guards, like Malcolm Brogdon yeah. and Hal Burton are. Correct. Uh, we can start with the boy. I could say uh, Lonzo and Zach Levine. Yeah, it's got to be them. It can't be DeRozan, right? It's got to be no. It can't be DeRozan. It's it's it can't be DeRozan. It's Lonzo and uh, Zach, uh, Philly. Like you said, you got uh, James Harden and you got Maxi. That's um, that's the number one, right? That's that's the guaranteed yeah, number one, right? Got to be that's yeah, that's got to be. I mean, but you can't sleep on either. You can't sleep on Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Uh, that's you count also, Middleton? I I think he's a win. Middleton. Well, who's who's running there too? I man? mean, they're they're starting like uh, you know Grayson Allen or whoever. But I've always looked at Middleton as a two. But okay, if he, if that's not what he's playing this year, then then I then I'll take him out of there. Uh, I thought about Cleveland as well, only when uh so- Colin Sexton uh, gets back. Uh, thinking about Sexton and Garland. That one's interesting because uh, that'd be a real interesting one. Both of those are uh, twenty point a game scores right there. Uh, but the one that I thought was real interesting was the one you mentioned, uh, which was Brooklyn. Uh, which was Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. That that one's got to be up there. I mean, just sheer yeah. talent. I mean, I don't care what they even look like. That one has to be up there for sure. Uh, yeah. But then you look the rest of the – I mean, you look the rest of the East, it's like, okay, maybe 
uh, Marcus Smart and <laughs> uh, be Derek White now. They've been playing okay. him. Trey Young and Bogdanovich, I guess. I, I don't think he has another one. It's not crazy that this that this Indiana Pacers backcourt of Brogdon and Halliburton could be like a top five backcourt going into next year. Sure. And both of them having those point guard skills, I think, is what really helps. And Brogdon being a guy who's not thought of, honestly, even though he does it every year, he's still not thought of as a real scorer like that. You know, you forget about him doing that. But he can drop 30 on you as he did tonight. We got to give oh, Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. up there for sure. That, that's probably oh, number, that's probably number three for me. Yeah. yeah. The, the, Trent has been amazing for them, man. <laughs> he has been absolutely great for them. That three-point shooting is just ridiculous. There's not many really good backcourts. It's kind of wild that the East is uh, – and uh, the yeah. Heat is like, uh, I guess, Lowry and – Lowry and – You count mm-hmm. Butler? No, Butler's the forward. Right. Uh, Duncan Robinson, so Lowry and – Yeah, Duncan. Lowry and Duncan Robinson. No, no, I don't I won't yeah. put that one up there. So, yeah, it's not pretty crazy. So, there you go, Pacers. You got you got something to look forward to uh, with that backcourt of the, of the future. Uh, all right. The Utah Jazz get a win against the Houston Rockets, but it did not come easy for them like they expected. Uh, They go into overtime. The Jazz had a 14-point lead with six minutes left, and they end up going to overtime, and then Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell take over, as you would have expected them to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jalen Green also had 16 points in the second quarter. Shout out to him, but Conley had nine points in overtime. That's what really made it. And uh, we were listening to David Locke. He was talking about how uh, this Jazz team just still struggles when you go small and you can spread it out. And Christian Wood in this game, um, they didn't need to go t- too small, but Christian Wood spread it out and hit four of his seven threes. And when you space the floor like that against this Jazz team, it's just hard for them to come up with wins. Yeah, it is, man. And it's Jazz, man, it's just so weird. <laughs> Such a weird, weird basketball team, man. Like everything is a fringe for them. Like they could easily be one of the top two teams in the West, and they can easily be one of the bottom two teams as far as like playing game and things in the play- like. Yeah, in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So they're such a weird team, man. But I love Donovan Mitchell. Always been a big fan of his. I really want this to work out. But he had a monster game for them, man. And they needed all 37 of those points and all 10 of those assists. Absolutely. So the Jazz right now are three games behind Memphis for number three, and they're two and a half games up the Dallas Mavericks, and they play them two more times in the next month um, ahead of the Dallas Mavericks for fifth. So count it up. Count it up. Are the Jazz more likely to move up in the standings or down in the standings through the rest of the year? Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to say they're more likely to move down. And the reason I feel that is because of your Dallas Mavericks and Mm. the way that they're playing and the way things have actually clicked for them and especially how they've clicked for them defensively. Shout out Jason Kidd and what he's done for that team defensively, man. And Spencer Dinwiddie coming in and playing well these last four games, like you mentioned also to me uh, when we were off off air. So, yeah, man, like I I think they'll move down and and it's just because Dallas is looking really, really good. I'll take, I'll I'll go the opposite. I'll do the the straight, I'll do the PTI thing and pick, pick the opposite approach. Uh, Utah's won nine of the last 10. I think they're figuring it out. They were really unhealthy and they were having guys in and out of the lineup and all over the place when they were really down bad right now, but they are, they're moving up. I mean, I think they will probably just stay where they are. That's the most likely scenario, I think, but uh, there's a chance, you know, Memphis, does Memphis keep this up for the rest of the year? I mean, that's a young team. That's a chance that they could, you know, decide like, all right, let's just coast into the rest of this, this year. The Warriors are on a downward trend. They've, you know, they're only four and six in their last 10. So there's a chance they could even catch them. They're only three and a half uh, above, like above the the jazz right there. So there's a chance they could fall. Um, That's the, that's, and this, and this jazz team has, they've just done this before, right? They've won in the regular season. They know how to win basketball games and they're hopefully they're back in their winning ways for them. And then they can, 
continue to uh, to move up. But come playoff time, we know what we're going to get. But <laughs> the regular season, we know we're going to get some good basketball from them as well. Yeah, man. But it, and that's Memphis, the case. Memphis, Did I make a good enough case? It was solid. No, it was very, very <laughs> solid. I thought it was a very solid case, man. But I just real quick wanted to say shout out to the grit because Wizards are a half game out of second uh, in, in the West, man. They can yeah. move right on up there and in there. And John Morant is having an MVP kind of year, man. So, yeah, it's been amazing watching them play. The Mavs play the Golden State Warriors on on uh, on Thursday night, so Ooh. it'll be interesting to see if they win that game. Then the, the then there's the more likely chance that the Mavs will play the Warriors in that first round series. So do they mm. want to win this game? Is the posturing already starting from some of these teams? That's a that, good question. That would be interesting. So there you go. That's a couple of, of games we counted up. We got a couple more Count it counted up. Is the Sacramento Kings season over? Why are we not considering the Suns one of the best teams in the NBA? They have the record of one of them. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's impossible for a store with, like, literal space and, like, has to sit in a spot on a street to to carry all the parts that your car needs. They just don't have the warehouse space for it. Rockauto.com has that, and they can ship things right to your house. Everything gets shipped to our house right now. My my dog food, my dog food for my dog gets shipped to my house now. Why shouldn't the parts for my car that I want to replace get shipped to my car? Get shipped to my house right where my car is. Rock Auto, it's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have reliably low prices for every single customer. They have all that you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. They have stuff that you can easily switch yourself. You don't have to be a mechanic or any know all this kind of stuff. You can find some stuff for your car at rockauto.com. So check it out, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you. Uh, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Big Dave, we got a couple more counted up here, a couple more games, four more games to break down. And it's that time of year again. Okay. It's that time of year again when the Sacramento Kings lose another game. This is a game they absolutely needed. Matt George, Locked on Kings, said it was probably the biggest game of the season for the Sacramento Kings. They go up against the New Orleans Pelicans, who they are vying for that last play-in spot in the West. The Kings are, you know, we're like, you know, three and a half games, something like that back from them. Three games back. They go into New Orleans and they get ousted, ousted by 30 points. The Pelicans scored 125 points against them. The the Kings just couldn't hit shots. They shot 22% from three. It just wasn't a good night for them. Demonis Sabonis was six of 16 from the Mm. floor. It just didn't have it. And now the Sacramento Kings team, Loses their 41st game of the year. So that means it's time to call it. Uh, this is now like a, a tradition in the NBA. Josh DeBow from um, from the AP tweeted this out last year. It went viral. It's going to do it again this year. Winning seasons in Sacramento with Rick Adelman as coach. Eight seasons in eight seasons. They had a winning record when Rick Adelman was the coach. That's back with the you know the Vladi Divots and right. uh, Peja and Doug Christie Weber. and Mike Bibby and all and Chris Weber and all those Kings. That's you know the golden era of the Kings. Correct. When Rick Adelman was coached, they won eight seasons out of the eight seasons he was there. Mm. Count it up. Winning seasons in Sacramento where Rick Adelman was not the coach. Ooh. Zero, Zero for twenty nine. <laughs> it's the 29th season this year because they lost their 41st game. So they are not going to go above 500 this year. That oh. is insane to me. Um, their oh. season is technically still not over. They are 
what are they now? Uh, they're four games back from the play-in. But I got to ask you, is the Sacramento Kings season actually over? Uh, no. I'm going to say no. I, I think they're still fighting for something, man. Because, uh, look, I secretly, I've said this many Selling times. tickets or, I, like? I secretly like them. That's my squad. I secretly like the Sacramento Kings. I like the Kongs, man. I, I dig with them. I rock them. Uh, because De'Aaron Fox, I, I truly do love and admire De'Aaron Fox, who had 25 again tonight, who has been playing like a a dude who I thought he was when they got Sabonis. He has been rejuvenated out there with Sabonis being out there on the floor with him. But, man, I, I think they're still playing for something. I really do. I think they're still playing for something. They're still out there having an opportunity. Because uh, until you tell me they have zero chance, <laughs> I'm saying it's a chance. So all right? you're telling me there's a chance. It's a chance. Yeah. And plus, I just think you like picking on my man, Matt George, man. You get so much joy out of he- talking about the losses of the Kings, man. Every time <laughs> I see you, it's so it's such a joy on your face. When I'm talking about the Kings losing, man, what's up with that? I have I have no reason to do that. The Kings' next couple of games here are at San Antonio, which is a big game for them because San Antonio is still above them in the standings as well. At the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday, a weird like 4 p.m. game uh, against the Knicks, against the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Bulls, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Suns, then the Pacers. That run right there, Denver, Utah, Chicago, Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix. Like that that run right there is if the season's not done now, it's ending there. That that it's done at that point. Can't argue that. <laughs> I really can't. I can't argue that at all, man. That's that a is game. a brutal stretch for the Sacramento uh, Kings yeah. team. and uh, But they yeah. got a bright future going into next year, right? Like, they have, I mean, they, they have a, a team that they just got to figure out how to play together. If Fox and Sabonis is a good combo, Sabonis has played like, a, you know, an all-star type player yeah. when he's been in Sacramento. Uh, I saw a lot of, like, Reddit posts from Kings fans being like, I didn't know Sabonis was this good. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Sabonis is a good, play- <laughs> really good player. Good. Quite a long uh, time. Turns out he was good. Uh, all right. Next game, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, the Oklahoma City Thunder get a win in Denver, in Mile High, against the Denver Nuggets, 119 to 107. Our boy Poku. Poku gets the start for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, No Josh Giddey in this game. There was no Dort in this game. No Ty Jerome, no Kenny Hustle, no Jerome, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, no Mike Muscat, uh, no Moose. I almost said Moose, Mike Moostaka. That's a baseball player, right? Muscala, yes. Muscala, yes. Mike Muscala, Moose. There's no him in this game. Um, but Shea Gilds Alexander, 29 points, seven boards, five assists. The Nuggets just struggled on offense all over the place. They shot 26% from three. They took 17 free throws and made 15 of those, but still just couldn't get anything going on offense. Uh, Will Barton goes zero for nine from three in this game. And all of the Nuggets starters were a minus 22 or a minus 27 or or something in between in the plus minus. They just struggled all over the place. This is just one of those nights for them. Wow. But it got me thinking. Okay. Jamal Murray's coming back, or at least we're told. Sam Amick of The Athletic reported that he may return sooner than the playoffs or in the playoffs, which is not mm-hmm. like a promise, but it's at least something. SGA has a really great game in this one. Jamal Murray may be coming back. Who makes an all-star team first? SGA or Jamal Murray? Mm, That is an excellent question. I'm going to say Jamal Murray makes it first. And I'll tell you why. Because in that West, man, the amount of point guards that that he's going to have to contend with, SGA is going to have to contend with and beat to get a spot on there is pretty high up. I mean, you got got Curry, you got John Morant, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you still got uh, Chris Paul, even though his time is coming to an end. He's still out there. He's still he's still doing his thing, man. Um, they got us. And, of course, you got your guy, Luka Doncic, out there also. Mm-hmm. 
Like he's got to go through those guys first. And then let's not forget the John Tate Murray, who was a first time all-star this year. Yep. So you got guys at that position that are tougher. I mean, I know you got Devin Booker, of course. You know what I mean? You you got uh Donovan Mitchell, you got those guys, but Jamal Murray has had seasons kind of unpar, you know what I'm saying, with those guys as far as points are concerned. So I think he can be the one that slides in to an all-star game before we see SGA do it. The problem with SGA is that you got to be on a winning team, right? If Jamal Murray had been playing this year and the Denver Nuggets are number two, Jamal Murray makes that all-star team spot over DeJounte Murray, right? Like it just probably happens. That injury replacement is probably Jamal Murray instead of, you know, one of these other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to be out, probably got to be on a winning team. If you're not like, you got to be what Trey young was two years ago, 30 points right. a game, 10 assists. Like you right. got to put up gaudy, gaudy numbers. So right. I think it's Jamal Murray too. Um, I think next year, maybe the Denver Nuggets come in and that's finally the year we see them be like this juggernaut team that everyone expects them to be with their talent that right. they have. Right. Um, but Shea Gilders Alexander, a year and a couple months younger than Jamal Murray. So he may have more shots at the apple here. Uh, mm-hmm. And eventually okc is gonna go all in with some of these right like eventually (laughs) some of these picks like they're just gonna go all in at one point and get like the bachelor (laughs) (laughs) they got all these roses they just gotta figure out can you combine roses and the bachelor like all right i'm gonna give two to you one second second my co-host isaac watches it and i'm just not i'm not into it oh man never seen it all right the Portland Trailblazers lose against the Phoenix Suns as many teams have lost against the Phoenix Suns this year. They get their 50th win of the year. Uh, This one, again, without Chris Paul, campaign gets the start. Who would have thought a backcourt of campaign and Landry Shamit is on a 50-win team? It's going to win 60 games probably uh, be on this winning team. Cam Johnson, 20 points off the bench for him. Uh, Great game for them. No Devin Booker in this game also as well. Um, So no no starting backcourt for the – the Phoenix Suns, but the Phoenix Suns right now are on pace to win 66 games. That has not happened very often in the NBA. Um, only 17 teams in NBA history have won 66 games or more. Mm. That's not a lot. There, there's no. been a ton of teams. I mean, there's been like what thousand thousands of teams that have played in the NBA. Like each year, there's 30 teams. So to mm-hmm. go all the way back to the 40s with your favorite guys that, that we were talking hey, about before this <laughs> but why are we not talking about this phoenix suns team as one of the all-time team because they're one of those 17 teams right now if they continue this pace that they're on which by and large they are mm. i i think it's because um guys are kind of looking at their background and what i mean by that is it's nothing you can really fall back on when you're looking at you know the phoenix suns uh you're not like well you know this team is always in the finals. Well, you know, this team is always that team that you got to contend with in the Western, you know, in the Western conference finals to, you know, get there like that. So I think that's kind of what it is. And plus Chris Paul, you know, never been the guy who's ever won a championship. So I think that's why guys are kind of looking at them saying, yeah, well, maybe, you know, Golden State's still there, you know, they can beat you guys, you know, like they're still kind of look at it that way, but they just keep chugging along and plugging along, man. And they are very, very, very scary. Like the execution, like yeah. you said, campaign and Shamit won by 30. <laughs> they won by 30, bro. Landry Shamit's mom did not appreciate the way you said Shamit just then. I'm sorry. Shamit. I love her. Shout out, Miss Shamit. Miss Shamit. I love her. <laughs> sounded like a curse word when you said it. <laughs> Shamit! Shamit! Where's my drink? Shamit! Do we know, do we know his middle name? I hope it's God. <laughs> Michael. Landry Michael Shamit. God Shamit. <laughs> He's Sham God's cousin or something. Oh, um, 
gotta but get a move. Of, the, of those 17 teams that have won 66 games or more in NBA history in a single season, 13 of those made the finals. Four mm. teams lost in the playoffs. Those four teams are, do we have to talk about this? The, the 2007 Dallas Mavericks lost in the first round. Yeah, the, 70, the 73 Celtics lost in the second round. The 2016 Spurs, uh, with Kawhi Leonard and them, lost in the uh, second round. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2009, that LeBron team that went to the finals against the Dwight Howard um, Magic, they mm-hmm. lost in the in the conference finals. And those are the only teams that didn't go to the finals. And only one team lost the finals, winning 66 games or more. Do you know which team that is? One team that lost the finals? Yes, I do know which team that is. Yeah, that is the 2016 Golden State Warriors. And I think the I think the reason why we're not looking at the Suns team is they don't have the one guy. Think about all these teams. Like they they have the one guy, the MVP type guy, the Steph Curry, the Michael Jordan, the you know, Larry Bird, the Dirk Nowitzki, the um uh the Kareem Abdul Jabbar with the 71, you know, Bucks, the uh LeBron James, obviously, with the Heat teams and the Cavs teams and uh, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal and the, with the Lakers team those, that one year, like they had the one guy, right? I don't think the Suns have this one guy. They're more like that. They're more like that 2016 Spurs team that just yeah. had like a bunch of different guys. They don't have uh, the one like all star, like not not all star, but all, like all NBA MVP level guy. Yeah, I think the proof to what you're saying is tonight's game. Uh, they just don't have that guy. Yeah. They don't have him, but yet and still, you don't go out there and you win by 30 because your execution is that good. Because Monty Williams is just an incredible coach. So, yeah, I think I think you're on par with that. But when it comes down to those guys in the clutch and in the fourth quarter, their numbers are astronomically good. Like they really show and prove in that fourth quarter, man. So, and Chris Paul is a dog when it comes to that. So it's gonna be see what it's gonna be interesting to see what it looks like in the playoffs because he'll be rested this time. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't look at this team like this. I think we should. We should look at this team like one of the best teams because think about some of the best players in the NBA right now. I mean, the Kevin Durant and the Nets are an eight seed. LeBron and the Lakers are a nine seed. Luka and the Mavericks are a five seed. Um, Giannis is a four seed, but he's you know he may be up to that uh, that top seed there. But like but some of the best players in the NBA are not on these dominating teams right now, uh, and so it may not take that type of player to win. This season, so uh, this could be the sun. This could be Suns' year. Bet Online thinks it's the Suns' year at this point. They have them uh, the favorite to win the title. But but yeah, there we go with the Suns. Last game on the docket. Weird one, <laughs> really weird one weird. on this one. We had the uh, Charlotte Hornets getting a win against the Cleveland Cavaliers, where Lamelo plays eight minutes. And both of, both of us looked at this game. And we said Lamelo played eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was the and and it wasn't and it's not an injury and it wasn't that he fouled out. It's just that he got in foul trouble early in this game. He had three fouls in the first quarter, ended up with four fouls, and then this the Hornets just had a lead and kept it the rest of the rest of the game. And so the Charlotte Hornets get the get the win. Had a good game from Terry Rozier, twenty nine points from him. Mm-hmm. It Isaiah Thomas makes his debut with the Charlotte Hornets, but count it up, count it up. The Cavs right now are a little bit of a slide. The Cavs are, uh, they're five and five in their last 10. They've lost a couple of their games here. They lose this game tonight. Darius Garland has 33 points, but wasn't enough. The Cavs mostly have their guys. Um, they're just missing, you know, Karis LeVert, Colin Sexton still, obviously. Um, but the Cavs are now only like a couple of games up from the play-in. Count it up. What's your confidence meter that the Cavs stay out of the play-in? Oh, confidence is at 74%. <laughs> we didn't give parameters on this. It could have been any yeah. number. <laughs> could have been any number. Yeah. Kajillion, yes. <laughs> um, it's so strange because 
they've been a very surprising team in the East. Yeah. If you want to say the most surprised, you can definitely say that you if they're the most surprising sure. team. Um, Beginning of the season, on this network, Locked On NBA, of, of which I am the channel manager, I put them in the tankers category in our roundtables in preseason. Like tankers, mm. like with the Rockets I, and the Magic and the Thunder. Uh, like I put them with them and they didn't, no qualms from uh, them. No qualms <laughs> from them and from anybody else. And now they, they were in the top of the East roundtable at yeah. the All-Star break. That's insane. It is. It's very insane, man. And they've just been just ridiculous. But at some point in time, it's going to catch up with you, especially with a young team. You know, a team with that much rookies and they're depending on a team that's depending on my man Lowry. Shout out to the sauce. <laughs> but, but even I love though how you have that Lowry sauce, like it, he just put, oh, if you're yeah. listening to the podcast, he just pulled up a, a Lowry market in hot sauce and just had yeah. it within arm's reach. Like, <laughs> it's always near me, man. Always ready to go right next to my neuralizer. Anytime I hear, you know, that foolish coach that used to coach the Bulls name, I'm always ready to go. You know what I'm saying? I'm always prepared. But, yeah, man, like just having those rookies that they have in, in Mobley and even though Garland's not a rookie, you know, he didn't really play the previous year. Um, but, you know, he's playing well. And then the injuries, like and things just kind of fail their way. But it seems like teams are now prepping for them. Now that you get taken seriously, you know, with your ranking and where you're at in the East, because now it's not time to uh, get down to the nitty gritty yeah. on things like that. So I think teams are playing a much more tougher, much more harder and yeah, it's tough for those young teams to maintain. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying it's a little tougher. So that's why I'm at like 74% that, yeah, they might. Yeah, play. after the All-Star break is when the season like kind of becomes real. Teams really start yeah. trying. They start vying and seeing, oh, man, we got we got to make up some ground here a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They also, I mean, they've lost a bunch of guys too, right? Like they lose Ricky Rubio. And then they yeah. they turn Ricky who was really big for them they obviously you know they turned Ricky Rubio into to Karis LeVert and he's been in and out he's out now um, they obviously lost Colin Sexton earlier in the year so they're, they're starting to feel some of these losses I feel like um, and they just don't have enough they just don't have enough guard help at this point to uh, yeah. you know, to get them these wins Darius Garland he's doing doing his best here but <laughs> we're not yeah. playing him forty minutes a night to try and uh, just no. keep out of the play in at this point yeah that's true that's very true man they've they've been a fun story. Uh, this year watching them, man. They still have opportunity to remain in that uh, top six, but it's going to be tough, man. And even with Bickerstaff, you know, getting ejected tonight, you know what I mean? Like, you it's, you can tell it's kind of wearing on them uh, like that, man. But Yeah, I got to do something. I got to inspire these guys to do yeah, something. Exactly, so. exactly, man. We got to get something out of these guys. He's like, dude, LaMelo's played eight minutes. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's going crazy. But, but yeah, man, it's going to be interesting because somebody, I don't know who that guy is going to be on that team for them to step up and to help carry it with Garland. But they, they're going to need another guy who can put up 30 for them, man. They're going to need another guy like that. They're going to need another guy. Dave, Big Dave, this is Big Dave's last Locked on NBA. Appreciate the fun times we've had over the last couple of weeks here. Uh, on to bigger and better things. And so we'll you'll uh, hear more about that on Locked on Bulls if you want to go check out that and the new host on there. Uh, thanks for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. We will be back tomorrow with Wes and Adam breaking down the games. Now make... Uh, Locked on Mavs and Bulls, your second listen. Go listen to Locked on Bulls. They got some interesting stuff. Got a cool guest today. Locked on Mavs, we'll be breaking down the Warriors game tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on NBA. Locked on NBA.